Oh, hey, have you seen Zodiac? Oh, can we can we talk about it? Mr. Police, it's me. <laughs> Hello, Mr. Police. The Snowdiac Killer. <laughs> Welcome to Contextual Deviance. My name is Christian Hagen. I am here with my good friend and co-host of the Hypotheticast, Mr. David Gutchie. Yep. Oh, oh, that's how we're we're just going right to yeah, yo. I'm huh? it. Oh yeah. boy, right. I'm snippy. I'm snappy. Okay. Well, this will be unfun- unfortunate, <laughs> I think, for both of us. <laughs> I think you Freudian slip unfun for both of us. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's fair. Uh, each episode of Contextual Deviance, we pick a movie and we discuss it in a unique series of perspectives that are drawn at random from our contextual chalice. Uh, and the movie we will be discussing this episode is 2007's Zodiac the David Fincher film uh, on the true crime story of the as-yet-unsolved murders of the Zodiac Killer in San Francisco in the 1970s. Um, so I think we should just get right into it. Let's uh, just get right into yeah, it. Yeah, let's just dig in. This movie has a lot uh, to talk about because it's nearly three hours long. Yeah. Uh, so there's there's a lot to discuss. So let's just dive right into it. What is the first context we will be discussing in this episode, Mr. David Gutchie? That's a good question, and I'm here to answer your good questions. Pick a director with a distinct style and imagine this movie if they'd made it. Okay, well, so we got to <laughs> immediately discount David Fincher. Yeah, that is that is tough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Because this is not, you know... Well, I, well, here, yeah. here's the okay. thing. It's yeah. a true crime movie. True. So it could just be like, what would a different director do to interpret just this a story? general sort of true crime movie. Yeah. Now, I know we've... Uh, I don't even know if I should say that we've done this before. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's... Uh, okay. All right, take a second, think yep. of a director, and we're going to mm-hmm. do the thing, we're going to say it at the same time so we don't... Oh, yeah, right. Each, yes, yep, that's, okay. a, that's so a just game. Okay, just real me, quick, pick one. I'll yep, yep, yep. No, just real quick, just think about it, just real quick. <laughs> just just absolute silence. Just just real quick, absolute silence. Absolute silence, please. Okay. And absolute silence. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. My favorite uh, sequel, Absolute Silence. <laughs> sequel to Silence. That's <laughs> really good. Oh, fuck. That, uh, okay. All right. So, three, two, one, go. We say our person. Perfect. Okay, here we go. Three, two, one, go. Terrence Michelle Malick. Gondry. 
Okay, sweet. Michelle Gondry. That's good. Okay. That's good. I These like are that. also pretty much the polar opposites. <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. I love it. All right. So what would what would a Terrence Malick version <laughs> of Zodiac look like? Well, there would obviously be uh Dinosaurs. <sighs> well, there there might be. I mean, I think the the whole thing might be a metaphor. Okay. Uh I think I think the uh, I to borrow a lot from the tree of life because you said dinosaurs. I think all of Jake Gyllenhaal's family dynamics would be uh, boosted. Like they would be more intense. There would be more crying. There would be more hands pounding on tables in slow motion. There would be wives leaving slamming doors and curtains blowing in the wind. <laughs> all also in slow motion. Uh, slow motion. Uh, d- intense yeah, close up. Intense close up on Jake. Every every little bit of his five o'clock shadow <laughs> he has perpetually throughout this entire movie will it's be true. on display. And maybe like at the beginning of their relationship, the uh what, what's her, what's her name? Chloe Seveny. Thank you, Chloe Seveny. I can. I'm scared of saying her last name because it's hard. It, it uh, is, but it, she's also very famous, so I should learn it. Uh, I, I think you're fine. Our good friend Chloe, <laughs> our dear bud Chloe, our, our dear dear bud, my dearest bud Chloe, <laughs> my dearest bud. The fr- <laughs> the front lines have been so shitty. I write to you in great distress, my dearest bud. <laughs> 420 blaze it your son <laughs> i was son? just about to make a fucking a fucking 420 joke yeah. uh, what anyway. the fuck is wrong with us all right so so when when our blood clo grazes his fate his five o'clock shadow it's a little bit like fingers running through wheat which is like terrence malick's favorite thing mm-hmm. it's just wheat blowing in the wind so maybe he kind of uses jake gyllenhaal's facial hair as wheat in this movie because it's an urban movie it's mm-hmm. a departure for him mm-hmm. uh which is which is kind of fun you know i want to yeah. see terrence malick make a movie about the city and about cars driving around well, and i think san francisco has its own distinct um landscape features for one thing yeah, there's a lot of water there's a lot of water a lot of and water to the killings took place by water that's true and there's also a lot of fog uh mm, and oh terrence malick yeah. with a lot of fog would be interesting it would be i mean i'm sure he could use the fog he could uh, do it'd something be great it'd be great he'd figure uh, it out i think there would be lots of dream sequences as well okay in which jake gyllenhaal or perhaps some of the investigators see themselves as the zodiac killer see other people as the zodiac killer of course also in slow motion <laughs> and uh it doused in fog I, I like the fog idea especially like late night on a beach mm-hmm. like there's the opening scene of the movie in david fincher's version there's some teens having some fun in a car mm-hmm. on the beach and then you know was they, it on a beach i thought it was more die. of like a make out point kind of situation I, maybe it was a make out beach Makeout beach. <laughs> I think we'll, it was a make we'll out compromise beach. at Makeout they Beach. Were like, Let's go somewhere quiet. And then I guess it was kind of a makeout point situation, but it also kind of seemed like a beach. Okay. I'm not sure where I'm getting the beach vibe now that I think about it. Yeah, I'm not sure either, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say that since you've what I you watched it yesterday. That's true. That technically means you've watched it more recently than I have. <laughs> technically. Technically. <laughs> so also as Terrence Malick, I'm gonna take the artistic okay. liberty and set that opening kill on a beach. <laughs> 
<laughs> so no, here's a question: Would Terrence yeah. Malick be particularly concerned with the factual details of the case, or would Absolutely he be like, not? No, okay, good. <laughs> no. Terrence Malick does not care about the factual details of his own scripts. <laughs> <laughs> he cares about the effect that his movies have upon people, and sure. perhaps the uh, the very relative nature of truth. And so, I think the point of Zodiac would be less that this person is obsessed and finally finds out, and then he gets some kind of closure, and his life is a little bit better. It would be way more about how this guy's life is just fucking ruined Mm -hmm. by searching for the truth that is inherently unattainable. Maybe it would be more about Robert Downey Jr.'s character because his, I mean, obviously Robert Graysmith wrote the book, so he is very much tied into it. But like Robert Downey Jr.'s character is much more of a spiral. And as a journalist, someone who who deals in truth, uh, his arc in that movie is pretty much a question of... Uh, how much can the truth be exposed without <laughs> endangering himself or others? Right. And then like whether he should keep going with that and what and he sort of just like checks he, out. He of falls it. apart. <laughs> yeah. 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 And I think there's, there, there's a, there's plenty of room for lingering shots of that man drinking various forms of alcohol. <laughs> I mean, I think that's, that's right yeah. up Malik's sleeve. Or it could follow Chloe Sevigny's character as mm. the main character observing all of these things and Robert Graysmith in particular oh, yeah. like kind of devolving uh, as he tries desperately to follow the, the threads of the Zodiac case. I like that idea. Yeah. I like the reframing to because I mean I want more of my, of my pal of my pal Chloe I like I like my, that perspective my, my good good my bud good good bud oh my dearest bud that was uh, the rom-com spinoff in the Air Bud series I'm pretty sure <laughs> <laughs> when when do you know when, how there's da- no rule that says dogs can't be in the Civil War <laughs> sorry Do you know how desperately I want that movie to be a real thing? Now that you've said that, that sounds fucking amazing. Mm. Yep. Yeah. I I think I actually would watch that and produce it and write the script. (laughs) I'm ready. Star in it. I'm ready. I'll I'll be the dog. I'll be the dog. Why not? There's no rule that says a man can't be a dog in a movie about a dog being in the Civil War. (laughs) Oh, my God. Here, remake Air Bud, but with a human as the dog, but everyone still refers to him as a dog. There's no rule that says a dog can't be baseball you're damn right i can <laughs> just it's just like a baseball it's play. just a basketball movie like it's just a normal ass basketball movie but, uh, but everyone treats him like a dog to this one person as a dog yeah. <laughs> does he think he's a dog or does he just kind of accept it because like people are tre- giving now, him such special treatment now that's that's the real question isn't yeah, it that's the central question that's, that's the, the central it's like a wilfred situation yeah it is it's a is wilfred a situation dog? is he real is he not yeah well, wilfred 2 airbud 2 <laughs> <laughs> there have been more than one this airbud yeah. yes yes oh. so that's terrence mm. malick's interpretation of zodiac <laughs> Yeah. What about uh, what about Michelle Gondry? Now that tell would me, be tell me. You so know, there's not a lot of action in this movie. No. So, hey, Michelle Gondry's only done one action that's, movie. That's true. Which um, which is which is the Green Hornet. Correct. We we talked at length about that, and I won't get into it uh, <laughs> uh, on mic. Um, uh, needless to say, I think it's a movie that needs to be revisited by more people. Just ignore uh, all the weird gender politics and watch the action sequences. Good. I will. Um, I think Michel Gondry his movies are very earnest 
mm-hmm. and very much centered on the sort of character like Robert Graysmith, um, the sort of well-meaning, uh, sort of smart but quiet kinds of, of guys who then have to, you know, sort of find themselves and usually do that through either another person or through their own creativity or both. Uh, you look at Eternal Sunshine is sort of about yeah. the dissolution of that relationship and then the reforming of it and then like the regrets <laughs> and all that. Right. But it, it really is like it's a lonely guy who meets this lonely woman and they have a relationship and unbeknownst to the two of them, they've already had this relationship <laughs> and they just <laughs> forgot about it. Uh, I love that movie. Yeah. And then Science of Sleep, uh, a similarly uh, a similar uh, main character uh, in terms of his general outlook on life. Hmm. Uh, Sad boy. That one is more of an unrequited love, but his happiest moments in the movie are when he's expressing himself creatively because he does do a lot of art. Oh, and right. he, he's yeah. A, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And then Be Kind Rewind, uh, the one that... <laughs> Um, and then Mm. Dave Chappelle's block party you know all his oeuvre those four so (laughs) that's it (laughs) but the the, uh, another thing that they have in common is that they all take place uh, in generally urban environments Mm, he's very big on on neighborhoods Be Kind Rewind is like love of the neighborhood and love of cinema all in one movie so I think it would be more community focused but of course, Robert Graysmith oh, would still be the main character because he's very much a Michel Gondry lead. Yeah, but I yeah think, actually, that's very true. Yeah, but I think it would be as much about sort of the the people immediately around the areas where these thing, killings are happening, uh, about the interpersonal relationships of some of the victims' families or the different love stories that take that grow up around these tragedies. Um, and I think also like Terrence Malick, there would be some dreamy sequences, kind of like some of the stuff that they, he did in Eternal Sunshine, where it's, you know, very kind of uh, trippy and hard to follow exactly what's real and what's not. Yeah. Um, all practically shot because he's uh, fucking yep. insane. Loves it. Uh, tons of long takes. Um, mm. Fuck, he could do the no. He couldn't do the whole movie in one long take. take. It takes place over like fourteen years. Right, right. It's a real time film. But no, I think it would be, it would be probably less serious or at least less um, true crime focused. I think it would be Mm. a little bit more. I feel like he would use it as a backdrop more than the actual plot. Oh, okay. Uh, right, right. I I think he would probably try and find some interpersonal story to tell with that as as sort of the the history in the moment going on around there. Mm. Uh, on the other hand, I don't fucking know. I have I just <laughs> like I said Michelle Gondry and then I had to quickly scramble as you were discussing right. Terrence Malick. I was like, "Fuck, how would Michelle Gondry do a Zodiac movie?" Well, to be completely honest, like something that I found a little surprising is that in the David Fincher movie, there there wasn't actually, there wasn't the sort of earnest drama that you're talking about in that's so heavily featured in, especially Eternal Sunshine, like a, a swelling sort of soundtrack, and like a, the score would be very different, I think. Oh yeah, uh, and I think that would change the movie a lot. I think. Christ, so imagine like, John like, Bryan scoring this movie. I can actually. It'd like, be I very different, can. but it yeah, would, it'd it would be really it would interesting. Be a thing, 
Uh, I think there would be more focus on the the murders and how nasty they were. I think there would be more focus on each individual suspect. It would be a lot more compartmentalized. Oh, like, sure. Here's the first one. We're going to do all of the, the Lee stuff, and we're going to find out if he is. Nope, he's not. Now we're moving to Rick Marshall, and we're going to try all this Rick Marshall stuff. Nope, he's not. Okay, like I think there would be sections mm-hmm. of the movie more than there are yeah. in the Fincher one. And I think... I'm specifically thinking of the sequence in Be Kind Rewind where they're, they're, he does one long take of them filming a bunch of the sweeted versions of movies that they do <laughs> and it's all in one area and it's just sort of the camera spins and it goes from like spot to spot but it's all one take yes. of them doing these different movies. Right. I feel like he would do something like that to represent like some of the detective work, some of the uh. like puzzle solving stuff, like sort of all the steps that they have to go through. He would find some way to visually represent that because he yeah. did that a lot also in The yeah. Science of Sleep and Eternal Sunshine. And also I think he did, did he do Human Nature with uh, Tim Robbins and sure. Reese Zyphens and some other people? I don't remember. Um, I can totally see a shot like that going through office doors. Yes. Too, like, because there's so many office scenes that take place in this detective and journalism movie. Mm-hmm. Like, you could just go through one door, follow a person to a bunch of desks, go through another door, go around a corner. And like, there's all these different scenes happening and different people pulling out files and talking to each other and answering phones. And, right. Like, yeah, you could totally connect like almost all of the characters in one environment. You know what? You I think to. I think I hit on. I think we've hit on <laughs> what would be the fundamental difference between a Terrence Malick, <laughs> David Fincher, and Michelle Gondry version of the Zodiac. Yeah. So Terrence Malick, very mood focused, yep. very emotional response focused. Absolutely. David Fincher, very 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 heavily thematic, but mostly like very cold and and to the point and brutal. Right. I think. Michelle Gondry's version would be less of an overarching theme and more mm. focused on the moment to moment like not not the his work is usually more scene based than uh, like big arc yeah, ideas yeah actually like yeah. he's, he's not as much into the like huge ideas not to say he doesn't do things that sure. come together in that way but more just like his movies tend to go on a beat for beat basis rather than on right. like a, a huge through line, you know, mm-hmm. like science of sleep, I think is the example I keep coming back to that and be kind rewind has a whole storyline about uh, Jack black becoming magnetized through oh, yeah. an accident at a power plant. <laughs> that is the weirdest yeah. fucking yep. thing. It's there. It's goofy as shit. <laughs> and like he, th- how it gets resolved is he pees on the sidewalk and all of the, like his pee, contains the magnetic charge or right, whatever that's it yep and that's that, then he's then he's done and that's like midway through the movie and then and they that, just that go just from happens there and yeah then like all right well that's over <clears throat> yeah that's, so i think I, uh, I think it's yeah i think it would be more focused on on sort of individual ideas of the process of solving this case mm, and mm-hmm. of the people involved yeah. like like you said it would be you know it would be section by section rather than right one long through line yeah 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 i Michelle. think hey yeah hey, hey. Um, as as is expected i am excited about both of these ideas <laughs> but i think that's because i really like the just the like the true crime skeleton of this yeah. of this story like yeah. it's really cool Solving codes is cool. And oh, oh, do you think 
what about this movie directed by um oh my god who the hell did who did who did a beautiful mind was it was that ron howard probably mm. i I feel like because oh, I was like Spielberg. I feel, no, it's not Spielberg. Hang on, I feel but, like we're yeah. gonna, someone's going to yeah, hear this and call us an mad. idiot. So we should find out, and then I can say it like I I've knew never it. seen a beautiful mind. Oh shit! Oh no! I know it was on. It was on an airplane one time when I was <laughs> like uh, the DVD copy of it was on an airplane. Okay, like, hey, there it is. Uh, but oh, I couldn't right. watch it um, for various reasons, <laughs> but mostly <I> political reasons, <laughs> <laughs> moral and political reasons. Yeah. All right. We're probably gonna have to cut a lot of this out. Oh, oh yeah, it was fine. it was Ron Howard. Nice, yeah, that that makes sense to me because he's he's in that same echelon. So Ugh. like, if Ron Howard, I just <laughs> like, wanted to say, and I don't want to say, <laughs> I don't want to say that I don't like Ron Howard. Sure, Ron Howard's made some like. really yeah, good movies. Absolutely. It's just like I don't want to watch his version of this movie. Right. The one thing that I want from a Ron Howard, like I want him to direct a couple scenes from this movie because I want to see the codes projected <laughs> around people's heads like while they're thinking i want to see them like displayed on the back of yeah. you know, on the on the set like on a green screen <laughs> see the codes just flying around and like them making the connections like because oh, you know he would yeah you know that oh for sure floating symbols oh, all the time 100 percent, right and it would, would be terrible like, that would be a <laughs> it bad would be, choice it would just it be the da vinci code. code yeah um yep it would it though. would like it would, it would. The da Vinci yeah, but you're zodiac. right like the the, the zodiac story like the true story of the Zodiac, there's so many different ways you can look at it thematically. Yeah. It's about, there's the sort of frustration of not being able to figure out the killer. There's the continued tragedy of these victims not getting justice. There's... Which is hardly even touched on in the Fincher version. Right. Like, you don't see any of those people. Hardly at all. There's... there's, There is next to no time spent on victims. Like, there's like a couple people who survived and that's it. You don't see their families. You don't see anything like that. Nope. Um, So that's an angle that, that it could be taken from. It could be, you know, about the interpersonal relationships deteriorating around the people who are trying to solve this Mm -hmm. case and like the sort of mental anguish they go through. So, I mean like, and, and what I think, I love about Fincher's version. Uh, I shouldn't say uh, it's not within our it's not within our critical framework to talk about how we feel about the movie up front. That's but true. I do That's love this point. movie. Like, <laughs> I'm not I'm not going to be shy about that. Um, but I think one thing that Fincher did really well was try to encapsulate as much of that thematic uh, as many thematic angles as possible while still maintaining his overarching vision of the story as this is what happened, this is how it happened. True. And then um, being able to weave that together because it does feature the deterioration of these interpersonal relationships. Mm-hmm. It does feature the frustrations of this unsolved crime and right. the lack of justice yeah. and um, the complications of policing in, and reporting. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it takes all of that into account to just sort of sum up in mm-hmm. like, in you could argue that this movie is basically just saying like, that sucks. <laughs> it is. Yeah. That's kind, it's that's like, kind hey, of David. Figured it out. It's kind of David it Fincher's sucks. whole over. It's like, yeah, yeah. I mean, even if you figured out who the Zodiac was, it still sucks. Right. <laughs> like, yeah, you're, it's still a fucked up thing, and mm-hmm. there's nothing really that's going to come out of it. Right. Um. Ugh. Yeah. 
Hey, you want to do another context? <laughs> Shit. I do, stupid uh, David. So, yeah, so to summarize, we did Terrence Malick and Michelle Gondry <laughs> and briefly Ron Howard. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Ron Howard. He would join in on a couple he might, scenes. Uh, he'd be a consultant. See, the perhaps. thing is, Michelle Gondry would also do the thing with the symbols floating around, but yeah. they would be on scraps of paper that they would be held up yeah, on, like, fishing yep, line yeah, or something. They would, they would be practical. They it would, would not be practically done, yep. yeah. Yep. That would be fun, yeah. I'd watch it. See, oh, I would. Of course, I, I would. I, w- I think I would rather watch the Gondry version yeah. than the Malik version. No offense, Terrence. No, but and I, w- I will always see a Malik movie. But like, I don't know. I've I'm honestly, just, I I've, o- I haven't seen that many. I know he's he's got a bunch that it's I good. haven't seen. They're good. They're yeah. nice. You know, they're just like slow. All right. Uh, so I am drawing from our contextual chalice. Ooh. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. All right. We're fucking doing it. What, <laughs> if, what if it was set in high school? Yes. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so let's just okay. dispense right away with it would be brick is basically what <laughs> it would be. Like any yeah, detective yeah. story, then transported to a high school is basically right. Ryan Johnson's Brick, right? Which which I which I like. Oh, I this love is a movie that movie that I really like. Uh, yeah. Not not to deviate from our critical framework, no, which but is, I do love which that is movie. A fine, it is a movie that exists. <laughs> brick is a movie that exists. Yeah, we all know. Right, uh, but it's a detective story set in a high school. It is. I will say though. Yeah, what would it the Zodiac? In a high school. Well, okay. Let's uh, let's let's forget that Brick, a movie that exists, exists. Mm-hmm. Let's <laughs> let's separate ourselves from that. Right, 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 right. And say instead, okay. Well, and obviously the the criminal element is significantly different. <laughs> true. <laughs> uh, Very true. Yes. Uh, if we are going to assume some facts about this story that cannot be altered, like there's a killer that's killing people. Uh, we, uh I think we got to stick with that. I think so. It could be the Zodiac pranker. Like American uh, Vandal? Uh-huh. I hate comparing things to other I, things I know, like that, I but, know. but but I do be. I do hear what like, you're saying, yeah. And it could be like this like, oh, who who's doing these? Who has who's, done it? Who has done it? But the it is like you smooshed a banana on your head or like a bucket of water fell on you. Or wow, like, your uh, idea a, of pranks are so far. Maybe he like shot you with a gun. So like, advanced. Like a cool prank <laughs> like that. <laughs> like when you were making out on a beach and the then some guy shot you with a gun, the Zodiac prankster. You get voted most likely to prank. <laughs> in, most likely to prank. In, your, in, high, in a high school. <laughs> Call me prank and The high school you attended. Yes, in the high school that I attended personally. <laughs> me, David, got you. <laughs> Uh, but I think so. Robert Gray Smith. Yes, he's for sure the like the moody person that is doodling all the time in class, uh, gets called on and isn't paying attention, but is like a secret genius because he's like solving codes and like drawing really cool shit. But he's like he's out of his league. He's not paying attention to what he's supposed to pay attention to. He's paying attention to this cool mystery of huh, what if it's just the Zodiac killer, but. Like, all of the facts of the Zodiac Killer are the same. Like, the Zodiac Killer is still as old as they are. And all of that. But it's high schoolers trying to solve the mystery oh, of the Zodiac Killer. Yes. Okay. Yep. I like that, too. Mm-hmm. I, I, I I was... I, <laughs> yes. Let's go with that thread. Okay, for now, that's, let's follow that's, this. That's a <laughs> way different movie than the other version. And yes. I actually am very True. curious to see how True. this would go. So then Robert Graysmith is still the one that is like obsessed with it, trying to solve it, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
I think this would also be interesting uh, setting-wise, uh, mm-hmm. maintaining the same time setting and whatever. So you get that sort of like dazed and confused, like throwback school yes. in a different era and like how that would affect the running down of this crime. <laughs> and the, it would really add to the whole storyline of or the recurring theme of people just not taking him seriously. Yeah. Um, because then it would just be like, not only are you just a cartoonist, you're also a kid. You're also 17. You're like, also a teenager. <laughs> uh-huh. um, I think there could be some Veronica Mars vibes. Yeah, for uh, sure. Like student paper. Like, uh, what's what's Robert Downey Jr.'s character's name? Uh, I want to say uh, Reggie Evans for some reason. We specifically Why? looked this up. Uh, um, oh God. Uh, Paul Avery. Paul Avery. There we go. Uh, William Avery of Making a Murderer. <laughs> Paul Avery would be the like the head of the or like one of the hot shot writers on the school paper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh maybe a photojournalist for a sake of I can picture that more than just like a columnist picture. You can picture it. it. I can picture you it. can picture it. I can picture like a cool photojournalist tagging along with Gray Smith for a while to like get to the bottom of it. Uh, I feel like just to amend that statement, yeah. Gray Smith is the one tagging along. Oh right, right, right. right. Yeah, he, yeah. He, he's always he's the little weenie. <laughs> True, following he the other the guy. He's the um. Oh, what the fuck was the name of that kid who always followed Harry Potter around? Um, <laughs> Neville. No. <laughs> uh, Ron. Uh, no, there was what there was a kid who was like he was a photographer. Voldemort. He was. He was Voldemort. He was important to the second book. McGonagall. <laughs> Did you ever read the books? <laughs> Voldemort. You did. Did I say that already? You did. I did read the books. I don't. I, I remember who you're talking about. Colin Creevy, I think. Yeah, something like that. <clears throat> sure. Yeah, sure. He's that. That guy. was a long way to go for me yeah, to just remember a, a fucking a Harry Potter character's name. But Ugh. hats off, you did it. Sorting hats off to I, you. you did I really it. hope I did it. I, if you didn't, you'll find out. Yeah, because it's a Harry Potter. If you get a Harry <laughs> Potter fact wrong, that's the thing the internet yeah, will that, tell you. That's very true. Uh, yeah, so so their dynamic makes sense to me. I'm not sure how uh, the inspector, how Inspector Dave fits into all of this, uh, or rather the whole sort of actual law enforcement. Maybe the movie is set in a high school because all of the relationship dynamics and stuff are in high school, but then there is the Zodiac Killer and the law enforcement as adults out there in the world. The only trick about that, that is that then then we basically have two characters in high school and the rest of the movie the happening the movie as is, is. Just the normal way It's it just is. the way the movie right, already is. Right, that's true. So, so essentially we're just saying, what if high schoolers solved the Zodiac case <laughs> right. instead of what if Jake Gyllenhaal as Robert Graysmith solved the Zodiac killer case? Right. right. Which is fun to think about, but that not as much of a complete transformation. So what's another direction that we could take Okay, so in? I was thinking yeah. um, that there is a serial killer um <laughs> In that in area, oh, and let me think. Would it be more interesting if the serial killer, if like the Zodiac? Obviously, we don't know the kids. No one knows who the Zodiac is, so it there's no right. way to tell if it's a student or a, an adult or mm-hmm. just a random stranger. Right. But everyone else that we see in Zodiac <laughs> the movie is in high school. Perfect. Or is a teacher or, yep. you know, faculty member or whatever, mm-hmm. but they all have to be <laughs> at the high okay. school. Okay, awesome. Um, so yeah, some teachers could be good. That would be nice. Teachers, yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that that could be where the um, inspector kind of role comes mm-hmm. in is it's more like it's like a, a faculty member who's been tasked with like... Mm, like the school counselor or something. Right, maybe somebody who's like 
trying to do trying to figure it out to protect the students. Right. Uh, maybe a student got murdered. Sure. Or, yeah. yeah. A student definitely got murdered. Yeah. And there yeah. was there was that whole thing about the the zodiac threatening to like shoot up school buses. Yeah. And maybe stuff. he did that. <laughs> maybe maybe that maybe maybe or maybe just is, the threat of it alone is mm, enough to yeah. get them like okay someone from the school has right. to look into this <laughs> yeah. i love it i love it um but so internal investigation right <laughs> the internal affairs at this school mm-hmm. very intense uh so i think i think you know you could pretty much keep everything yeah but then there would also have to be there'd have to be classes yes. uh which would be fun right i guess I mean, robert graysmith would excel in uh in his painting classes uh, he'd be great at those mm-hmm. uh but i feel like his grades would deteriorate because oh, he gets absolutely. so obsessed mm-hmm. with the and robert Downey, and paul avery drops out yes he drops yeah, out he, of school he starts like popping pills and he drops out <laughs> you, they go later to his like so, so he lives on like a ship in the in the movie version but in this one he just like lives in like a van maybe yeah like maybe in his parents basement or maybe it is a houseboat that he got from his parents. Sure, right. Or yeah. maybe it's a literal boat. Maybe he just like takes it out for a spin because he's like a preppy rich kid or something. Maybe, maybe. You know, that could maybe, be fun. I don't know. He seems like he's got that vibe. Yeah. Either, either way, he's he sort of he he definitely drops out of school because that's mm. essentially what happens in the movie. He drops out. Right. But of his job, not <laughs> of school. <laughs> drops out of his job. Yeah. quits there we go mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what that's the word i'm looking uh, for Mar- mark ruffalo uh would be able to continue eating animal crackers it would just be very nothing nothing about that maybe has to change would, at maybe all he would want a very adult food instead as a high schooler <laughs> he'd be like do you have any filet mignon oh god that okay so we know you're really good at pranks and you know a lot about adult, <laughs> adult food food triple x <laughs> After hours, <laughs> eat some filet mignon with Robert Downey Jr. I mean, I would if and he Mark offered. Ruffalo. Yeah. If if Mark Ruffalo and Robert Downey Jr. were in a room with me and they're like, "Hey, you want some filet mignon?" What am I gonna fucking do? Say no? You're right about that. But what if you were in a room with Robert Downey Jr. and Mark Ruffalo and they said, "Hey, do you want some adult food?" <laughs> I mean, also, I would say yes to that. I think correct. Pretty much, correct if they answer. asked me just about anything, <laughs> with the word "adult," in. I'm trying to think of anything that Robert Downey Jr. and Mark Ruffalo specifically could ask me to do. To uh, okay, no, let me let me say this: if it involved hurting another, no, if yeah. it involved <laughs> if it involved hurting another person, yeah, probably not. Probably not. If it probably involved them hurting not. me, I. Probably still would. Maybe. Because yeah. the story is great. Right. All oh, the story. Um, Do it for the gram. Exactly. Uh, yeah. No, I'd eat I'd eat weird shit. I'd, I'd definitely, <laughs> I would let them do whatever they wanted to me. Oh, um, of course, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, pet my dog. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think, I think I'm down. Things. I think I'm down for <laughs> anything, down really. For anything. If that's all it is, I'm down for it. Yeah. Robert and Mark, hit me up. <laughs> I'm up for adult foods, petting my dog, and whatever else you want and to me. And literally anything. Literally else. anything involving oh, me and my body. Nice. Um, I'm trying to think of another. Specifically, of, if of they other, wanted to put uh, me into a Chinese finger trap. Ooh. Like, but like. A like, sexual like, one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I would be the finger trap. <laughs> I'm imagining the package for that product, and it says a Chinese finger trap, comma a sexual one. 
it, it would just be me in a box. Perfect. That, yep. Shrink wrapped. So what were you going to say about well, whether what would it be like if Zodiac was sent to high school? Well, uh, other than that, I think the family dynamic would be different. It would probably just be that like Robert was dating a person that was going to that school and that they wanted to break up with him and whatever. And that sure. would be its own drama. Probably more uh, angsty for sure. Oh, yeah. Because he'd be like, this is it means everything. I need to do everything to help save the world. And right. she'd be like. Instead of just sort of being this weird obsession that like can be written off as a guy kind of going crazy, there there would be rallying around this person, but there would also be people being like, "What are you doing? Like, yeah. why don't you want to hang out with me?" Everything would be taken more personally. Yes, in that relationship that would be the key is that uh, Claudia. What is that her name? Claudia. Uh, his wife. No, it's not Claudia. Are we talking about his wife? Yeah, the um. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Her name is Melanie. Me- uh, Melanie. Mel- Melanie. Oof. Yeah, Claudia. Uh, Claudia, my bud, Clo. Uh, <laughs> Melanie would definitely get very angry in many scenes and storm off constantly because yep. Melanie also stir- serves the unfortunate stereotype in the adult version of the sighing and annoyed only female character basically in the yeah, entire movie that's so, that's 100 but that's true. a different critical angle uh, yeah that that's true that's true <laughs> but she's it, the gwyneth paltrow to ooh, his brad pitt oh that is spot on and if you take that to high school it's a bunch of huffing a bunch of turning quickly and walking away with long blonde hair you're right and i think i think on an overarching thematic level which mm-hmm. Fincher obviously cares about a lot. He does. Uh, and we certainly do, <laughs> according yeah. to this discussion so far. Um, I think it, it would really take the emphasis and put it way more onto the sort of d- the corruption of innocence, the, the destruction of the individual life sort of goal. Uh. Like how... Like, yeah, maybe Robert Downey Jr.'s character, Paul Avery, really wanted to get into a good school, and like yeah. this stressed him out so bad right. that he ended up like losing all of that. Right. Maybe, uh, maybe Robert Graysmith, like, uh, goes from being this sort of like quiet, s- smart, but mostly, you know, uninteresting kid <laughs> at the school that doesn't get in anyone's way to being like a nuisance that pisses people <laughs> off because he keeps talking about this same fucking thing right, right. and it like it drives him nuts and yeah. then you know uh other people probably were sad too i i do <laughs> I, think, I do yeah. think it's interesting that we are focusing so heavily on those two characters yeah because they're the ones that make that i don't know i, I but i feel like mark yeah. ruffalo's character is in the movie a lot he also is in it a lot but he is sort of just he's not incredibly dynamic he sort yeah. of he follows the rules. He makes a couple exceptions, and he gets punished for those exceptions. Mm-hmm. So, in some ways, he he might be just sort of a side character that like gets that gives some helpful advice. He knows like his dad's a cop, and he steals some files or something, and like helps helps uh, Graysmith but then gets in trouble and his college chances get ruined. And so he's like super bitter or he gets shipped off to like a boarding school or something. Right. Right. And he's like, Oh God, all because I tried to help that one freak. And then like when they're in college later, like they meet up again and and, and he's like, Oh, you were right. It was Lee the whole time. Yeah. We can't catch him because now he works at a hardware store (laughs) because he still works at a hardware store. (laughs) 
<laughs> and that is, uh, everyone knows, the get out of jail free card of jobs. <laughs> you can't arrest someone at you a hardware store. You can't arrest. It's 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 entrapment. It's like uh, it's double international jeopardy. waters. International waters. It's a hardware store <laughs> is the legal equivalent of international waters. Anything goes. Uh, <laughs> so it, it's basically note. no Home Depot, which is that didn't <laughs> make sense. Sure, no, no, Lo- Lowe's. All right, <laughs> all right. That's we did, one. We did that That's one. one right? <laughs> it's done. All right, wrap it up. Um, all right, we did it. Hey, great. Hey, we did. Hey, that that was harder than I thought it would it be. Was, uh, it was, and I think. But I think we uh, may have tapped something in that conversation that I hadn't realized before. That, that if you took out Robert Graysmith and Paul Avery, the movie would be very much just sort of a recitation of the facts <laughs> and the detective story. Like it's a very, yeah, like yeah. it's very to the point, like all of Mark Ruffalo stuff is, movie. it's a cop movie in yeah. the way that a lot of those movies would be. Yeah. I think injecting those two characters and obviously they were real people, but injecting their stories mm-hmm. so heavily into the narrative creates an entirely different set of themes. Yeah. Uh, much more personal, um, and a unique angle to the sort of public nature of this crime. You know, I mean, it's one of those serial killer kind of stories where he's taunting the press as much as he is taunting the police, which adds adds a layer that uh, a lot of other movies probably wouldn't have time to cover. But this movie has nearly three hours. It has plenty of time to cover. It has a lot of time to cover these things. Um, It just never occurred to me before that really it's like, it takes what would be a pretty standard cop story and turns it right. into like a really interesting character study. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, Hey, huh. hey context uh, number two ta-da. set in a high, high school. school, high school. Oh, those were the days. Were they? They were some days. They, there were days. There were. Hey, uh, David, could you do me a favor? Yeah. What's that? Yeah. Could you draw a third context from our contextual chalice? I don't see why not. Well, I mean, no. there probably are reasons, but I don't see them. <laughs> All right. Well, watch yourself, counselor. <laughs> Neil deGrasse Tyson's nitpicky realism corner, <laughs> okay. which could be interesting. So, yeah. wh- so what does this mean, Christian? Wait, so in- Neil deGrasse Tyson's nitpicky realism corner uh, is centered around a famed physicist and nitpicker, uh, d- Neil deGrasse Tyson, Neil deGrasse Tyson, who seems to take issue with every movie, yeah, um, which is fine. That's his right as an American. Sure. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but so uh, I think, and I think especially with Zodiac, there is probably some nitpicky realism that could be had. Oh no, though. Uh, yeah, well, I think more, more along the lines of social realism actually okay i think there's a lot of very very convenient things done for graysmith and granted this is a true story so yeah like, some yeah. of the, the and that's why i was like wait well because uh, we don't know the facts but we beyond. don't know yeah so let's just pretend okay this movie 
was made by David Fincher. Okay. And we don't know that it's based on a person's So out of whole cloth, like right. we just have to go into it cold. Right. We're just okay. watching this movie and thinking, that's not how that would work. What are the moments in Zodiac that made you think, that's not how that would work? Uh, I guess I was always... I was always kind of amused by the second handwriting expert they go to who like, <laughs> who's like, you know, there's a lot of dis- uh, like disagreement about this, <laughs> but I think maybe someone who's ambidextrous could change yeah. their handwriting. It's right. like, how many, how many arguments are you having about this? <laughs> like, I know you're a handwriting expert, but Jesus Christ. Yeah. Are you guys that bored? Yeah. There's a lot of tension <laughs> in the handwriting community. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. So that one, I, that one's a bit of a stretch, mm-hmm. but I, it, it was the first thing I thought of. Right. No, that's fair. Um, I th- I also I honestly something that I that I found very unbelievable because at no at no point on screen did their relationship seem to have any meat on its bones is the relationship between Robert and uh, Chloe. Okay. Uh, I, with our, our good bud, our, Chloe. Our good bud, Chloe. Sure. Our dearest they, bud. They went to dinner, and it was weird. Mm-hmm. And he was kind of nervous, and then he was like, hey, we should actually go, like, call this person. And then, like, she slept over, and, like, he's like, okay, sure. Like, maybe she thinks the Zodiac is fascinating, too, which she clearly did a little bit mm-hmm. at that point. Uh, and then four years later, they're married. Mm-hmm. And all that we see is that, like, they have had one more kid, from the because he had two before and then he got one more right. from her probably I, I assume he I got really one remember. from her is that how kids work yeah you get one okay you it's just a gift get one yeah <laughs> children are a gift children I love them um, <laughs> okay well that's that was one of the weirder ways you could have said that uh, with so, the head shake and everything right. children mm, I love them like, oh okay no cool nope no nope cool John Grisham all right uh, <laughs> wait is that a thing. Well, uh, he said that people who have child pornography charges should not go to prison for as long as they should because it was like he said something about how like we've all been there or something oh, like some like really boy. like we all have bad nights and you click on one wrong thing and all of a sudden you're pri- and it's like John Grisham stop 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 it's like John Grisham <laughs> no one's going to prison for accidentally clicking a <laughs> yeah, link to no, child no porn one's doing that. that's that's yeah. not how that goes nope. and maybe he was under the wrong impression either way bad look woof <laughs> yeah. woof John Grisham G-G. woof mm-hmm. uh. Be, which is sad because he was totally in vogue before that. Like, super <laughs> popular, really cool. Yeah, <laughs> it's really, it's it's the comeuppance we were all fearing, really. Everyone's hero, John Grisham. What was I saying? Oh, yeah, so the relationship between Robert and his wife. Right. Uh, it never real like, we didn't get any bit of them ever being happy. Yeah. Or like her ever seeing anything in him. I never saw anything in Robert that I would marry. Like, I don't understand it. Yeah. Well, you didn't know him the way that she did. I didn't know him the way that Chloe knew him. (laughs) Chloe knew him. I mean, I know she's. I mean, she's our dearest bud, but. She is our dearest bud, but but we can't let that cloud our judgment. We can't. can't. I know. We can't. Um, (sighs) So that's that's one thing that I would say. You know what? I like nitpicky realism. I'm watching this movie. I just don't see it. I get that like you want to introduce a romantic interest and that you want to have a family dynamic so you can destroy the family dynamic. Mm-hmm. But give me a, give me something. Yeah. Like I just don't see it. I think it. uh I think another scene that sticks out is when uh Robert Graysmith and Paul Avery are at the bar and mm. 
my all-time favorite movie drinking shot like in the history of film yeah is when robert downey jr is going to take a sip of that blue what was the drink um oh god like an aqua something it was yeah yeah like a blue blue a, looking fruity yep. beverage mm-hmm. yep. and he like holds it and he has that moment of just like this deep breath of like am I actually going to do this and then he just like guzzles it <laughs> yeah. and it's like <laughs> may, and the the instant cut when he like takes that drink then stops the cut there to all of the to empty all of drinks. the empty drinks mm-hmm. fucking kills me every time <laughs> and like other movies do something similar to that but i think it yeah. all comes down to the way he drinks it that yep. makes me laugh so hard cuz yep. it's so like because he thinks about the straws too. You can see him think about the straws. <laughs> That's the thing is he moves the straw out of the way, does that deep sigh, and then just like <laughs> boom down. It's so uh I love that. Um But I think that scene, you know, I don't know that Robert Avery would get that drunk on those blue drinks. <laughs> Wait, do you think like he has a higher constitution than that is what you're saying? Like, no. like the blue drinks are not strong enough? No. <laughs> I don't know. Do you, just a character choice, maybe. Yeah, weird, Avery. it was a no weird way. character choice. No, Paul Avery. Paul Avery. Pa- Paul Avery. Paul Avery. Robert Downey Avery. <laughs> Robert Avery June Downey <laughs> Jr. Uh, no, I guess mm, there were a number of coincidences in this movie yeah. that were like circumstantial but really interesting, like the watch that Arthur Lee, Lee mm-hmm. Allen had, mm-hmm. like yeah, the, yeah, yeah. that whole story. Um, or that detail was really right. unlikely, but like not knowing that it's true, it just seems like a big coincidence. It seems like uh-huh. a weird giveaway. Um, like yeah. someone basing that whole thing around, like using the watch as like a, yeah. Mm-hmm. And his friend also like saying a ton of really indicting things, but like, oh yeah, he said he was going to be the Zodiac killer. <laughs> and he said all of these things that the Zodiac killer said. It's yeah. like, well, geez, like, it's almost implausible that they didn't actually bring charges against this person right. with all of that against him. Like, exactly. To me, the viewer, that seems like, oh, God, it's a mountain. But perhaps to an investigator, that isn't sufficient. And that's the argument made by the movie is right. that they didn't actually have anything, quote, unquote. Maybe also squirrels in his house. What was with that? Oh, yeah. Is that a thing? Is that a thing? Like, can you take care of squirrels? I don't can think so. Can you live with squirrels without them destroying your house? I don't think so. I mean, I don't think he cared It wasn't much, much of a house, no. No, it was a trailer, which is a house. I mean, there are nice trailers. I'm Absolutely. saying that like he clearly did not take care of that place. <laughs> oh, no, here it is. Nitpick your realism corner. Okay. He had, he had four squirrels in that house at least and one in a cage. He oh yeah, have one in a cage. If he's gonna have if four, he's gonna lo- have if loose he's squirrels, <laughs> what's one doing in a cage? <laughs> Just like David you- Fincher, I'm calling you out. What was that squirrel doing in yes. that cage? Yes, we need to get to the bottom of this, Dis- Fincher. <laughs> Fincher, what squirrel be how? Why? <laughs> Despite all my rage, why the fuck was that squirrel this in a cage? Is, this is this is part of my new YouTube documentary, Loose Squirrels. <laughs> Zodiac Geist. Yep. Zodiac Loose squirrels. Loose squirrels. <laughs> squirrel eleven was an inside the cage job. <laughs> squirrel eleven. <laughs> oh Christ. <laughs> So just, that's that's the real the 
the uh, you know crown jewel of the nitpicky realism. Not corner, to, I, think. I don't want to. I don't want to jerk us off too much. <laughs> I also don't want to use that phrase anymore. <laughs> no, it's okay. I, I the whole time we were doing that context, I thought this is never going to go anywhere. <laughs> but goddamned, if we didn't get to did loose it. squirrels, and I am so happy that we got to loose squirrels because <laughs> they are loose squirrels, David. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. You're so welcome. Can we please let that be the last thing yeah, in this oh, yeah. context? No, there's nothing there's no, than you can think of. No, loose even real one that <laughs> we came up with, to be completely and fair. Even, and even that. Like, <laughs> oh, no, that's real. <laughs> oh, you're right. You're right. Why? Like, yeah. Like if you're going to have three loose squirrels, what's one in the cage? Why is one in the cage? Why? 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 All right. Give me one more. Okay. All right. Let's see if we can figure this out. Geopolitics. <laughs> oh, shit. So, uh, can different characters represent different countries and world affairs? Oh, God. Can they? That's a very good okay. question. Sure. Yes, they can is the answer. Okay. Why not? Yeah, I mean, that's why it's in the fucking chalice. So, uh, I think my first inclination mm-hmm. is, to, is to put... So sort of it's to put Paul Avery in the in the seat of the United States. I think he fits pretty well. And I think I'm going a little bit into future United States as well, to be completely grim. Uh he he's he's on top of his game. He's a good reporter. People really like him. He's a wild card, but people respect him because he's good and he's powerful. And he uh, and he's, he's fun, and he's he's so much. Everyone fun. likes the guy. He's just a, he's, yeah. Everybody loves him. He, he writes the best articles, um, and of course his he sort of he gets threatened by uh, a force outside of himself. Uh, does not take that super well. Tries to react kind of in a weird way, mm-hmm. and eventually that sort of drives him. Sort of martyrs into, himself in yeah, a way. Yeah. yeah. And and then just sort of like falls off the map. He's still there. He's still not nothing. He gets consulted here and again, sure. and he still has a home. He's he's not completely. He's not dead. dead. No, he's not right. dead. But he he definitely like he's left was, adrift. Uh, mm, Pangea style. <laughs> uh, so so in a way, I think that sort of mirrors the like the confidence in the Zodiac story. Sure. There is one character that is very confident and eventually sort of for sure swoops down. And hey, you know what? If we're going with yeah, you know what? Let's fucking dive in. Yep. The Zodiac Killer is fucking ISIS. Yeah. Because not only is he a uh, a uh, 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 terrifying, but also mercurial force. Sure. But it is becoming increasingly difficult in geopolitics, just as it is in the Zodiac killings, to determine exactly what is and is not isis related because yeah. they will yep. claim just about anything yep. because then it makes it seem like they're more powerful than they actually are so there are a lot of sort of questionable zodiac killings or zodiac Absolutely. incidents where people aren't sure if it's actually the zodiac right. or if it is but like the claim is there enough mm-hmm. so that it just creates a pall over the city of san francisco where they think <laughs> right. it's just always going on uh-huh. uh, and it's always right around the horizon and you know we gotta figure out we gotta root it out of their <laughs> of its caves 
That, <laughs> that phrase didn't work any sense. That phrase didn't work any sense. What is wrong with me? Root it out of its cave. <sighs> it sounds like something a doctor would tell you to do. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, so in this okay, yeah, in this good. hypothetical scenario, mm-hmm. the U.S. has been threatened by, by terrorists and essentially in general. driven mad and t- into and overreacted in itself. some ways. Yes, yeah, and, and yeah. Then become self-destructive. Yep, I love that. Um, got drunk and it's good. Maybe mm-hmm. elected somebody they probably <laughs> shouldn't have. Maybe a bunch of we them made some mistakes. Yeah. And we're bad mistakes, bad out of you. We're living in a boat now. Yeah, we're all living in a boat. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, one of the notes I made about this movie is that Paul Avery was a cool hotshot journalist and then got to live in a cool ass boat. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't necessarily see that as a bad thing. I thought his house was pretty sweet. Yeah, I mean, I, his his life isn't that terrible, but it yeah. is kind of decadent at that point. Like, not in the sense that he's like rich and everything's great, but like he's trying. He's just like lazing around, yeah. uh, getting fat and tr- getting drunk, Ooh, living outside of reality. Really, yeah, exactly. Which is something that America is very good at. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, so that's that's, that's two. That's two. <laughs> uh-huh. where, where does Robert Graysmith fit in? I want to say Canada, but I can't back that up with anything. Well, he's got the Justin Trudeau jaw. Yeah, he sure helps. does. Yeah, but other than that, uh, I don't think I don't think Canada is as earnest in the geopolitical scene as Graysmith is in the like. Mm, I, like that's you know, debatable. You know I, mean? I guess that's true. I don't know, but they're also not. Know. Well, yeah. No way. Hang on. This actually does kind of work because Canada is okay. a very quiet country. Yes. That is uh, also yeah. somewhat important and like helps out America a lot um, mm-hmm. behind the scenes kind of. And, and like in a political sense, they're more neutral uh, in, in the eyes of the world. They're less threatening. Right. Which is why the Zodiac goes after Paul Avery. Zodiac never says right. shit about Robert Graysmith. Doesn't even know about him. Doesn't even think about it. Once. You know, it's Maybe. Hard to, it's hard to know. Maybe. So it's like... It, at that point, it, it kind of is like he's there and he's important, but he's not the main target and he's not the main focus. Correct. Um, and he's just sort of the quiet little brother type. Little brother type. Which is, is not meant to insult Canada, the great nation no. of Canada, because look at how I this movie ends up. comes out on top, <laughs> right. clearly, because, I mean, even though he does get a little obsessed, mm-hmm. he uh, he definitely, once once the job is done... He get he learns to live within himself again. Yep. Writes a successful book, has family. He, d- he did it. He did yep. a great job. Exactly. So he extended himself only to the extent that he knew he could. Yes. Arguably. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, nice and job, Canada. Yeah. Hey, good job. And I guess, uh, I guess the police would just be the sort of uh, what would like the UN. Yeah, or the, the UN. They, yeah, they're the things that we that you have to dodge when you're chasing down ISIS and when you're right. trying to like figure out how to kill this thing that it keeps hiding from you as you have to and they also they have to observe strict rules about how they yes. do things in order to keep things fair mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of miscommunication between all of the branches yeah. of the cops because they because the zodiac killer sent all these threats to like different paper and police and mm-hmm. city and so there's there's a ton of like you know loss because all these departments have to talk to each other all the time. Yeah, absolutely. And evidence gets left in one place that connects in the other place, and the only thing that connected is Canada. Because <laughs> <laughs> no one no yeah. one notices Canada, but Canada's always there. Yeah. And then I would say, like, I think all of the women in this movie are 
what's what's the least powerful, oh, least noticeable oh. geopolitical power? I feel so bad for the. <laughs> let's just. We're not doing feminism right <laughs> now, true. but let's just do a feminist card on the yeah. table. Fucking David Fincher, I love his <laughs> movies are stylistically incredible, uh, very influential, and always very thought provoking. His sure. the way he handles women in his movies, like the only movie that he's ever made. No, I take that back. <laughs> well, the only two movies that he's ever made with a female f- lead, uh, that Gone Girl, Gone Girl and <laughs> Panic Room. Oh, true. Yeah, Panic Room. Those, those are about there. women who get completely fucked up yeah. by men and then right. also but then Gun fuck Girl, up men back. Gun Girl is, yeah, also yeah, Panic yeah. Room. Yeah, that's <laughs> true, actually. They're both they're both bad. Like, yeah. But powerful. Yeah. Yeah, they are. Yeah, arguably, you know, they are, yeah. they are powerful, at least. That was not the case. No. In, uh, but it, it continues Zodiac. that narrative in film that the only women who are allowed to have lead roles are the ones who kill men. Yep. Or like they can only be defined as powerful as long as it's physical yeah. power rather than emotional, political, or right. mental power. Yep. Uh, yeah. So, like, yeah. Monster. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. Like, all right. I don't. Australia. I don't, like, I don't want to. I don't want to assign that label to any particular yeah, country because I feel like that's that's going to be both women and the country. Yeah, it's exactly. Like, but that's just a side but the, the broad overall yeah. point that we're trying to make is yeah. that unfortunately women don't play a very big right. role in this movie, <laughs> yeah. which is a shame because I'm sure there were women involved in the catch yeah, uh, in the right. search for the yeah. Zodiac killer because uh-huh. a lot of people were involved. Uh-huh. Clearly, some of them had to have been women. You you would think. Um, mm. but okay. So, so what what we're saying here is, in a geopolitical sense, <laughs> Zodiac is a corollary for for an international terrorist threat. International yeah. terrorism, which makes sense. I yeah, mean, I, I think that's I, I think that's especially good because international terrorism is notorious for releasing sort of taunting videos, uh, making demands, making threats before mm-hmm. they happen. Uh, not necessarily using codes as much, but inspiring fear more than they kill. Right. Ma- making themselves a bigger threat than they actually are. Mm-hmm. And I think that's like definitely the right corollary because there are so many scenes in Zodiac where one character says to another, usually someone to Robert Graysmith, they tell him, there have been hundreds of other murders. Why do you care about this guy? Mm-hmm. Like, why are you so fixated on the Zodiac? And you know, it, it's it, like, well, why are it's, you? Though? It's a sensational. It's a uh-huh. sensational story, but it might not be the most important story. No, probably not. Actually. Probably not. Nope. I, I, yeah, I think uh, the sort of, and I mean that threat of shooting up school buses, like in yeah, that one part. Mm-hmm. I mean that that is a terroristic threat. Yep. So I think, yeah, I think if we were to take a geopolitical look at the movie Zodiac, uh, that's how it makes sense. I think the most in terms of what i just said i think that's the best analogy <laughs> i think the the characters as countries is it, a little tougher the characters as uh, individual countries yeah that is tricky although tricky. i really do think you nailed it with paul avery <laughs> being america and as sad as that is right. i i definitely it's, don't i, mean, I don't yeah. think it's impossible that you're right right which i think is saying as as much as i possibly can i think (laughs) considering that where we live considering where we live which Um, is canada 
Oh, if only. If only. Not to say I don't love America. I do. I just... <laughs> it's just... Canada seems so nice. Yeah. The grass and is always greener. don't have... Uh, yeah. You know... Polyvery. <laughs> they don't have that elephant in the room. The big <laughs> oval room. <laughs> that big old oval room. The elephant in that oval room. That's what they say. Uh, hey, that's how the expression goes. And that... Is an episode of Contextual Deviance. This hey. this time around, we talked about Zodiac in four different contexts. Yes, we did. Which definitely were directors. D- uh, right? That was first. The second one. You sure? What was the first one? Uh, no, I think that was no, the yeah, directors. Yeah. Okay, you're right. Directors. Because <laughs> I read that one. Yeah, yeah you're right. Yeah. Okay, so directors. Then um, high school, high school, which yeah. is a good time, uh, fun times in high school, so fun times in Zodiac oh, High. I love cargo shorts. <laughs> <laughs> I think it would be called fun times at Zodiac High. I really do want to just isolate you, just saying I love cargo <laughs> shorts. That's your right and That's, privilege. And as that, a, you as can the, do that as the host of this show. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, I'm going to make that the opening tag on this on this and every episode. Perfect. I love cargo I shorts. Love cargo shorts. Um, <laughs> now we have a lot of takes of us saying I love cargo shorts too. So that's valuable. Yeah, and it's and it's a conversation that needs to be had, America. <laughs> Um, and then, uh, what was the third one again? Third, we talked about Neil deGrasse Tyson's uh, nitpicky realism corner, which, which we really made an important discovery about we, the, the we inaccuracy did. of this movie. And I really hope to see the the change.org petition for Loose Squirrels. Yeah. No, I, I made it. You can go to loosequirrels.bit.ly slash squirrel. <laughs> I don't, the, you know what I love about that particular url is that <laughs> yeah. it's What's the that? it's such a great short link <laughs> and i'm so glad that bitly has allowed us yeah. to do <laughs> yeah. to make a link that short in keeping with their brand <laughs> yeah. every bitly link so opens with a full couple words that then dot bit.ly and then and another slash, slash thing. <laughs> well, we have our own section on bit.ly. Oh, sure. Yeah. It's oh, a, we, we made, we made that them. partnership work. I okay, them. cool. While we were while we were recording. While, while we were here. Yeah. Oh, wow. I've already wow. made a lot of money on loose squirrels. <laughs> it's really, I'm raking it in. You're bringing it <laughs> in on the loose DVDs. squirrel market. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and finally, we wrapped it up with geopolitics. <laughs> we did. Which... This has been a weird episode. Yeah, you know, I, but I, I think, have to say. I think it, it, it comes from uh, the fact that so far when we've been doing these movies, we've been doing sort of like action movies, power fantasies. This is the first yeah. movie we've done that's based on a true story. Which that makes is, it more difficult. Yep, that is very factual and, and very, sh- I don't want to say straightforward, but yeah, I mean, kind of. Kind of. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it follows a narrative through line that fits history. So, right. um, And there really are only two character arcs i mean two or three like said, yeah two at 2.5 yeah it's like, it's it's we've pretty got robert we've got paul and then everybody else just kind of is the way that they are for right. the whole movie yeah i mean yeah even mark ruffalo's character like goes through some stuff but like it doesn't change drastically no. from no, beginning he just kind of gets frustrated by different things right but he's the same mark ruffalo hey when, I, you know, he's a steady boy. A Mark Ruffalo him. can't change his Mark Ruffalo. No, no that wasn't a good phrase. <laughs> no, it's true. It's okay, though. Um, 
Uh, well, David, uh, David Gucci, yeah. thank you so much for joining me again. You're welcome, Christian are we, Hagen. Are we just, should I just call you my fucking co-host at this well, point? At this might point. as well. Yeah. My yeah. co-host, let's, David let's Gucci. Honest. Well, also, uh, be sure to listen to the Hypotheticast. Do it. Uh, it's a great show. Uh, be <laughs> sure to check it out uh, wherever you get podcasts, presumably. Um, yeah. Zaboomafoo. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and yes, I've been Christian Hagen, your host, and hopefully we'll know what the next movie is right. in advance of that. And David, we have had a hard time coming up with a sign-off for this show. That's true. And the only way we've been able to solve it is through a random sentence generator, which you have so helpfully found for us. So what is our sign-off uh, this week? Hold on. Mm-mm-mm. I think I will buy the red car. Or... I will lease the blue one. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to Contextual Deviants. If you'd like to reach out to us online, you can find us on Twitter at Contextual Deviants or email us at contextualdeviants at gmail.com. Special thanks to Minneapolis' own The Badman for the use of the song Gun Tonic off of their album Ain't Clean. Uh, thank you very much for listening. I've been your host, Christian Hagen. Have a nice day. Nice day.